Welcome to the Preacher's Podcast. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, and today we are continuing with our series begun last week for the Epiphany season called From the River to the Mountain. You can read more about that under the Foundations tab, the Foundation tab at wellscongregationalservices.net. Uh, just a note here, um, it could be that some preachers are skipping over this Sunday in the lectionary. The Foundation resources suggested observing the Festival of the Epiphany on January 7th, 2024, then the Baptism of, of our, our Lord January 14th. Technically, it would have been January 7th, the first Sunday after the Epiphany to do that, but they're saying it would be great to get both of those festivals in, one on the 7th, one on the 14th. And so some may be choosing to kind of get back on track uh, the Sundays after Epiphany, back on the calendar where they belong, by skipping over this second Sunday after the Epiphany, realizing that uh, maybe others will continue on and skip at the end of the season before Transfiguration. We're going to record an episode for this Sunday uh, in the event that preachers will be able to use it. So just wanted to clarify that before we go on. Uh, let's meet our preachers for this series. You met them last week, Pastor Phil Kasmer from Christ the Lord in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and Pastor John Bordelin from St. John's in McQuanago, Wisconsin. Phil, uh, let's begin with you. Could you tell us a little bit about the weekly theme for this Sunday in this series from the river to the mountain? Yeah, yeah. Uh... If we're walking with Jesus as he reveals himself from the river to the mountain, um, here this week we are talking about the kindness in his calling and specifically as Jesus calls disciples. Uh, in Epiphany, we are finding out more and more and more about our Savior. Um, here as he deals with Philip and with Nathaniel, uh, the kindness of God knows everything about us, and yet he still chooses to deal with us. Uh, that could be specific to you and to me, and especially in this moment with these disciples, Jesus knows them too, and yet he calls them into his service, imperfect men, um, to bring his gospel and the knowledge of the Messiah to other people. Uh, so we rest in that kind and loving work of our Lord, and then pushed out by it, take his love into the world. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, just the kindness, I think, is being emphasized here this Sunday in Jesus reaching out to call people into his service, to follow him, and then to call others uh, through the gospel as well. John, uh, could we go to you next before we discuss the gospel of the day as our sermon text? Give us a quick reminder, if you would, of what the first reading and the second reading are today. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, no, to play off that theme, uh, how kind he is in calling. I would say the, the first lesson from 1 Samuel 3, um, how kind he is uh, just even in speaking to us. It's in this um, section where we hear, you know, the the hearing of the Lord's voice was a, a rare thing. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. And so at the end of that back and forth uh, between uh, Samuel um, and, and Eli and the Lord, um, that Samuel speaks those beautiful words, um, speak, uh, oh Lord, your servant is listening. And I think the preacher will find um, plenty of opportunities there to uh, not just direct himself 
um, with that humble attitude towards the Lord's word, but also his hearers, um, how kind he is to speak uh, to us. Our uh, second reading is from 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Uh, the fact that we've been called to faith, of course, is a gift from God to us through the gospel. But it's interesting, um, as Paul addresses the Thessalonian Christians, there, there is a mention there. It, yes, it was the word, and yes, it was um, the spirit working through the word. But Paul's not afraid to say that they heard the word through us. Um, and what is that? The, the ministerial uh, cause there is a term that we use. And so uh, we can emphasize to the hearers on this Sunday uh, what a gift it is that God would, would come to us through his word. And, and then by extension, as we proclaim that word to others, um, and that the spirit is powerfully at work. Thank you. Yeah, let's get into the gospel of the day then, uh, as we're thinking along those lines with the other readings. And Phil, could we go back to you to get us started in discussing John 1, 43 to 51, uh, and uh, how it fits in with the other readings today. And yeah, just noteworthy points that you want to call preachers' attention to. We don't have to, we're not going to go through every point in the text today, but what are some things that... Uh, jumped out to you as worthy of attention and that might be useful for preachers? Um, I would say overall, just big picture views to start and then we can drill into other things. Um, so a section with uh, Greek that is not crazy hard and maybe fun to read. So if you haven't done that in a while, I think that's good. Read it out loud. There's even some catchy to the ear things in here, in verse 50 and other places. But uh, other than that, we are seeing the calling of disciples by our Lord and Savior. Um, Andrew and Peter have been called in the verses previous, and now Jesus is going out to Galilee. Uh, maybe we could say some of the nowhere places. It's not like he starts in Hollywood, uh, Israel, wherever that would be, Jerusalem. Um, he's out among the people, and he seems to be finding normal people, depending on how you interpret who some of these gentlemen are. Um, and as he finds people, they go find more people. Philip, like Andrew, goes to find Nathaniel. Um, and we could talk more about that in a minute, but um, he says... Here's the one that has been written about in the Bible. And uh, when Nathaniel expresses a little bit of maybe disbelief or disagreement or however you want to frame that sentence, uh, his reply is pretty simple. Come and see what God says. See for yourself. Um, but finally, uh, maybe the meat of things is, is in Jesus' interchange with Nathaniel uh, and Jesus shows his miraculous divine son of God nature by foretelling or saying what had happened to Nathaniel, presumably far out of Jesus' sight. Um, I don't know if you ever Google for images on this, on Bible texts or whatever, but I always laugh when I find the ones where like Jesus is 50 yards away from the fig tree. <laughs> he can literally see Nathaniel sitting under it. I don't think that was the deal. Uh, especially since Nathaniel reacts so boldly in 49. Right. Uh, you're, you're the son of God. Uh, and then as we wrap it off, Jesus just 
uh, says, yeah, and you're going to see what that means. I'll, I will show you the most amazing of things. So maybe we could start there and kind of drill into anything else. Yeah, thanks for kind of setting the, the, the scene for us and summarizing the lesson. Uh, John, points to add or things that uh, drew your attention? Yeah, I'll just uh, piggyback on something that Brother Phil said there about uh, the context. You know, you, you open up to John chapter 1 and and uh, verse 29, it's the next day. And there is a there is a great piece of artwork there. Um, it's at Matthias Grunwald. Uh, kind of pictures John the Baptist with a long uh, bony finger, you know, pointing at, at Jesus, the Lamb of God. And we know that gets bookended at the end of chapter three, where it's about Jesus becoming greater and uh, John the Baptist and all the preachers of the word um, becoming less. So so the next day it starts and then you get to verse 35 and it's the next day. And that's where uh, where we have the calling um, of, of Andrew um, and then our section the next day, but then you get to chapter two and we all know the, the wedding at Cana story, but you, you just sit back and you read that consecutively, like you're reading the narrative and the next day, the next day, the next day. And then the third day he's, he's at Cana. Well, what else are you going to do after Jesus has called you, but you're back to ordinary life and you're, you're back to Cana and it's a wedding and the Lord's going to, Jesus is going to display uh, who he is there. So with that context on the front end and then on the back end, uh, to, then to really dig in these words uh, in front of us. And of course, you're preaching this to your folks, but right, the preacher first preaches to himself. And uh, why, why in the world would uh, Jesus have anything to do um, with Philip and, and why with Nathaniel and, and then why with why with me? Um, and there's just a uh, good devotional uh, aspect to it there for the preacher before you get too far into it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a start for me. Yeah, I think so. Good good for reflection for all those um, whom Jesus has called to follow and to share that message. Yeah, why me? Um, nothing extraordinary about me. Uh, we could say the same for Philip and Nathaniel. Um, yeah, and even maybe at times, uh, you know, Nathaniel, uh, verse 46 there, his famous statement, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, is he even a little bit uh, leery of, uh, you know, when he first hears about Jesus from Philip, you know, is this really the one? Um, Jesus, of course, wins him over by the end of the the narrative here. But um, yeah, nobody's special. They're, They're people like us. And you really see the mercy of God, the kindness in his calling, as we're thinking about with the theme today. Um, so uh, speaking of that, is that kind of where you would go with um, uh, the overall arc of the sermon, focusing on Jesus calling ordinary people? And then as you think about law and gospel in the text, uh, perhaps thinking about the ordinariness of those Jesus calls that, you know, they're not uh, earning this position or this rank with Jesus, but it's purely by grace. I don't like, I don't put words in your guy's mouth, but is that kind of maybe something you were thinking about um, as you worked with law and gospel themes in the text, Phil? Yeah, I think the, you know, just the thought of like, as you walk through 
whether you do, whether you do like Luther and others and say maybe uh, Nathaniel's response isn't like wow Nazareth really sucks could anything come from there or even the middle ground surely the Messiah doesn't come from Nazareth or the best ah good things can come out of Nazareth you know there is a thing where Nathaniel obviously has his preconceptions mm-hmm. and Jesus sees right through him and sees Nathaniel from afar. He can see all the things he knows us just as we are. And yet these are the men he calls. I think that's good, uh, you know, good for us as preachers to know, uh, but it isn't, it's good for our people to know too. It, it isn't special um, law keepers. He calls it's, it's sinners. Mm-hmm. to come be the ones and then from there to be the ones who talk to other people right john yeah no if, uh just on that i mean i guess we haven't talked about it yet but all right so it's nathaniel bartholomew or not and um if nathaniel um is bartholomew even if he isn't um that's right i land um i remember uh studying this text one time for a different context and um it's the painting in the front of the sistine chapel um, where the Michelangelo is picturing the last judgment and um, Bartholomew is there and he's seated. And in one hand, he has a knife and in the other hand, um, he has his skin and it looks like really grotesque and stretched out. But, but Michelangelo puts his face um, on the skin of uh, Bartholomew. So church history has that Bartholomew takes the gospel uh, to Armenia, and, and, and one of the traditions has that he's, he's flayed alive um, for, for proclaiming the Christ. And, and I think right there hits at the preacher, uh, whether we want to think of ourselves uh, too highly, um, look, look what happens to the, the preacher of the Christ, the preacher of the cross, whether that be John the Baptist um, or um or bartholomew and and maybe a a law thing that hits me there is um this this hearing of the word and then proclaiming of the word um isn't always uh met with the expectation um that we would like if you take an application of this uh of this section and you're encouraging your folks you know come and see come and see and you're telling them to you know, well, you, you know full well that uh, some of your folks are, are offering that invitation to their children and to their friends. And, and it's not always met with excitement. And sometimes it's, it's ridicule. And I guess on the worst of days, what, you know, do I feel like uh, Michelangelo here? Uh, what's the point? Um, well, the point is that the Christ who saw uh, Nathaniel um, has seen you and he sees fit to call you to faith and to call you to follow. And uh, so I guess there's some comfort there for me. So Yeah. Hey. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe we could mention um, the ending of the section two, um, Jesus' words to Nathaniel, um, you will see greater things than these. And then he the the amen 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 statement that comes in verse 51 um yeah what do you make of that 
uh, and how do you explain that, or how do you treat it in a sermon? Um, what is Jesus saying to Nathaniel in verse 51? Uh, Phil? Uh, it's always a, a decision in this text. We were talking before about, you know, what do you, what do you take away from the various commentaries that, you know, reference Genesis and Jacob and, um, I guess I would err on the side of not being overly specific, uh, but that it's pretty miraculous that Jesus sees Nathaniel, saw him when he shouldn't have been able to see him, and Nathaniel recognizes it, and it draws out a confession. Uh, and then, I don't know, in simplicity of knowing the Savior and his gospel work, surely among the greater things I would think would be the continuing miracles and the transfiguration, which Nathaniel doesn't get to see himself, but the crucifixion, um, resurrection, ascension, all these things that lead to, I would say, you know, if like with Jacob of old, God opened heaven and the ladder is there. And to me, the whole point of that is that God, God was near him, was with him. Uh, and, in the Son of Man, God is with us, just as we are. Um, he's the gateway to heaven. And by his work, the heavens stand open. Um, and and that's, our, that's our home. That's our final goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John, any, anything to add to that summary? No, I. Uh, it's really helpful what Phil says there. And, and um, you know, I just, I think in connection with that, you know, um, if you... If you come, you will you will see. Um, and Phil and I, as we're recording this, are just coming off the heels of being at a pastors' conference together, where a where a brother pastor did a really nice job encouraging us of um, preaching um, in a postmodern world to a post Christian world, if you will. Um, and I I think about the apologist who talks about the the, the rock in the in the shoe moment, um, you know, is this just come along um, to to the law and to Moses where Jesus is revealed there and, and come along. And there's some things for you to see in this discipleship, in this following and 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 come along and just um, what Philip and Nathaniel had waiting for them and um, what's waiting for you dear preacher, what's waiting for you, dear hearers of this, this text, um, you, you're going to see, um, what the Lord has in store and just the, the comfort there too. Phil. Mm -hmm. It just makes me think I was just looking at different commentaries, um, and, and resources prepping and ran across a paragraph that like, I think was trying to do application to us and appropriation and say, um, do we think about, you know, what we offer? Does our church, and then I, I think the words, if I remember them right, were something like, you know, do we offer a full experience? Do we offer um, like some solutional thing for life? And um, it was in commentary on this text and it struck me as like, I think you missed it. You know, in 46, Nathaniel has whatever frame of the misgivings and all Philip says, like John mentioned, is, well, come and see. 
Um, and what did he present? We, we found the one that Moses in the law wrote about and the prophets. That's who we found, Jesus. You know, God's word talks about him. Um, and I think part of our part of our struggle in, in daily Christian life is thinking that we have to, you know, we have to win people for the gospel or we have to mm-hmm. reason them into believing that would be a low expectation on our end. But, uh, you know, Philip is pretty much, I think, like John said, just here it is. Come and see. Let, let God do his own work. He's powerful. His mm-hmm. message is convincing. John? Yeah. Uh, and I wonder, uh, you know, you read through it again and all right. And where Nathaniel would have been at when uh, when Philip came to talk to him. And it seems like Nathaniel's pretty secure. You know, uh, I kind of have this figured out that uh, one commentator talks about the whole Nazareth thing. Like, like maybe there's this little like Cana Nazareth rivalry going on, you know, which is kind of fun to play but now i think nathaniel's pretty comfortable and uh and uh philip uh makes him not feel so comfortable and then jesus really makes him not feel so comfortable well uh, because he declares unto him i actually i saw you from more than 50 yards away and <laughs> just put yourself in nathaniel's shoes. i mean this is this is something that's changing his life around and and so of course um, epiphany you who've been called out of darkness into a wonderful light um, it it changes things around and and Nathaniel's way of thinking it seems wasn't right and so so John I get to die to myself and uh, live to to Christ and in Christ in a new way and I just love how he goes from uh, Nazareth nothing good from there to just uh, almost, I picture him tripping over himself, Rabbi, Son of God, King of Israel, and Jesus, uh, Jesus says, it's actually going to be better than that, you're going to see greater things, um, and and to the overall theme, how kind our Savior is um, to Nathaniel and to us with that. Great thoughts. Uh, an- another angle that I've been thinking about with this text is how, um, Jesus, uh, you know, he's up to something that is absolutely <clears throat> beyond our comprehension. It's global in scale. So verse 51, you know, the son of man ascending and descending, this is, he is the connection between heaven and earth uh, that opens heaven for all, uh, that brings us there um, as he comes to us. Um, or even uh, verse 45, what what Philip says to Nathaniel. This is the one about whom Moses and the prophets have written about, the one we've been waiting for for centuries, uh, and he's here. So Jesus is doing this massive thing, um, and he wants to incorporate these two individuals uh, in this, you know. And here again, it's the kindness in his calling. It's the grace we've been talking about. But Jesus doing this uh, absolutely massive thing, uh, but he loves these individuals and these men and, you know, goes out of his way to have a conversation with Nathaniel. Um, and uh, just kind of a reminder to us too, that uh, Jesus, though he is uh, Lord of all and, you know, every name that yeah, uh, Nathaniel exclaims about him, absolutely true. Uh, Jesus is the son of man. Um But he is attentive to each one of us as well, um, bringing us into his, 
family um, calling us into his service in some way. So uh, yeah, just kind of kind of the the massive scale and the individual scale. Jesus lifting us up into that, um, you know, this thing that he's doing for all time for the whole universe. You know, just uh, just kind of wows us, John. And and it does wow us. And as you think about that grand scheme of things, um, and yet so often it seems so uh, worldly and so uh, mundane and. Um, I think about, and I think this shows up in our lectionary somewhere, uh, you know, John chapter 12, and after the, uh, in the context of Holy Week, after the triumphal entry, it's, it's these, these Greeks come up to that same Philip. So, right, so Philip would have heard this conversation Jesus was having with Nathaniel, and you're going to see greater things than this. And now it's, and now it's Greeks coming up to Philip, but, but we want to see Jesus and Philip takes that to Andrew and together they go to Jesus. And that's where Jesus gets into, again, referring to himself as the son of man and, and what glory really looks like. And it's, um, did Philip and Nathaniel have a clue in John chapter one, all that was coming? Well, well, of course not. Um, and, and what does the Lord have in store with us and through us? Um, but come and you will see, you know, and, and so we, and so we go. Wait, Phil. That makes me think of like, you know, just some of the <clears throat> illustrations or the ways you end up talking about this are the ways we've been talking, you know, for the past 10 minutes or so. Uh, like how did the people who are sitting in the pew come to be in the pew to have any countenance of Jesus message at all? Well, because they had parents and grandparents and or an uncle or a brother or sister, or maybe it was a friend, maybe it wasn't family. Um, but to, like to stay on that super normal level, the son of man comes to people through people. Um, they, they, they talk it with each other. They cherish it. Mm -hmm. They live it. Um, I mean, you could even do like, you know, word of mouth advertising. That's what they say works best. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, go figure. It works the same here. That's the way God wants to work. That's how it naturally does. So for an overall kind of purpose of the sermon, um, is this one where you would make uh, applications like uh, about, uh, uh, do you focus more maybe, or maybe it's a both and not an either or, but on Jesus' action here in the text, reaching out to sinners. We've been talking a lot about that. Um how about evangelism uh, applications as well? Or is it kind of both of these things um, are here in the text, both worthy of talking about? Or kind of where would you go with that, John? Yeah, I, I probably would tend to, you know, in a preachment go both. And I, I once had opportunity to preach on this text to a group of pastors and teachers and lay leaders. And the context was it was uh, the day was the festival of St. Bartholomew, and this was the appointed gospel. And one of the applications or appropriations was um, thinking about that Michelangelo picture. Um, and, and I want you to know uh, the kindness of the Lord Jesus who, who found you, who called you, who's with you. Um, because sometimes the knives do get pointed and um, sometimes the cross does weigh heavy and um, 
as you go about your work, your daily life, and you offer those invitations of come and see, um, you remember the one who goes with you, the one you've you've died with and you've risen with. Um, and so that was a long way of saying both and what, what you talked about. So Great. Uh, Phil? Yeah, I think it's hard to leave out the the uh, tasks we take away, but maybe maybe while saying both and, you know, being in the festival season, being in the epiphany, we're watching the light of the world come out to the world again. You know, maybe our emphasis would be in in what in what seeing Jesus brings out in us, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which, you know, is the same thing. But, um, you know, do you, do you say come and see, like John said? thematically come and see jesus who does these things mm -hmm. um or something like that uh yeah. the other the only other like thematic way that i read through was sometimes i'll use that um i don't know if you're familiar with that volume called gospel handles i don't i don't always like like it because i think you can make some weird connections but um the author of that book went on for a little bit about Jesus' statement to Nathaniel. Uh, here's a, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And he said, mm -hmm. you know, could you say to your people, you're, you're a believer with no guile. Um, indeed, a believer with no guile or deceit, which on the, you know, by myself strikes me as, no, I'm not. Because of course I'm not. I'm, I'm full of sin and and I'm imperfect, but but Jesus makes us into those things uh, and sets us out. So could go that way too. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what we've been discussing: um, the kindness of Jesus reaching out to sinful people, uh, forgiving them. And you could emphasize, yeah, that section there talking about uh, Jesus' forgiveness, how He thinks of us as people with no deceit. Um, because of uh, his forgiveness and his gift of righteousness. And then, yeah, calling us to serve then uh, in that light, um, it's still all mercy, all grace that Jesus shows. Uh, any other ideas for preachers that you might share as far as um, thematic ideas or other illustrations or applications that uh, you're thinking about um, that might be helpful as uh, preachers chew on this text and, and think about how to put together a sermon on it. Further thoughts? Anything? Uh, or could always go the, go ahead, Phil. could always go the Led Zeppelin route and do Stairway to Heaven. You could. Uh, you could. <clears throat> um, right. Tempting there with verse 51, right? Um, that the hymn of the day, uh, Stairway, yeah, or maybe not. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think uh, we've covered a lot of, of good ground here for preachers. But yeah, you see uh, the activity of Jesus revealing himself um, to these two men, uh, this, yeah, fascinating interaction uh, with with Nathaniel here, um, Jesus working on this massive uh, global project as the Savior, but involving by grace these two men uh, to come and follow him. Uh, yeah, and we're still involved in that too, by God's grace, inviting other people to come and see. Um, all right, well, we'll leave it up to preachers. Oh, one, one final thought. 
Yeah. Now you're it's just that uh, just um, my eyes just glanced over the prayer of the day. Um, yeah. So our identity um, as God's children, um, the baptized and um, what what were Philip and Nathaniel, you know, what did they think was waiting for them when they woke up that day? Certainly not mm-hmm. this, but when the prayer of the day talks about the John, you, this is what caught me, the, the global impact or however you put it, you know, um, we actually asked that God's people illumined by word and sacraments would shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he would be known, worshiped and believed to the ends of the earth. Hey, no mm-hmm. small thing there. Right. Um, and of course, on your own, you know, Philip, Nathaniel, Phil, John, John, no way. But this is how the Lord chooses to do his work. And uh, and we don't have to be ashamed of that. Um, and we can be thankful for our place in that uh, to his glory. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yep, take it out with confidence, whether it's uh, going out with the gospel or simply saying, come and see uh, and meet Jesus. All right. Well, preachers, God bless you as you work further on this text and uh, proclaim to your people that uh, Jesus is the one who comes to us, involves us in his work, and then calls us to go out with that same amazing word. God bless you as you preach it.